There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I know. The name is Spud. Sam Spud. Look, I'm what they call an art detective. Anyway, my latest case involves uh, the discovery of a torso. You know, headless, legless, and totally armless. He had two names, Hercules and Ajax. Anyway, he was found in a cultural institution that they call the Crawford. Yeah, I had my suspects. Antonio Canova was number one on my list, and the trail led all the way to the Vatican. A friend of mine, a colleague, Connor Talon, employed the expertise of an art historian, Michael Waldron, to find out more. Well, I'm just looking at this week's work of the week, and it looks like it's lost its head. <laughs> we could all be forgiven for that. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Plenty of excuses. You described it as, what, a genuine reproduction of a reproduction of a copy. <laughs> it has a checkered history, all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. History is the word, actually. We are going back as far back as the Crawford can go. We are. We're going right back to the beginning of our collection, yeah. but also, I suppose, going way back to an important work from the ancient past. So if mm. you think of the development of Western art, yeah. this is right in the middle of it. As an art historian, would this be the first chapter in the book you'd have been studying as a student? Well, I suppose it wouldn't necessarily be the first chapter, but it would be early on. Yeah. That's a whole other can of worms. Where do we begin? Do yeah. we begin with cave paintings or do we, do we begin with highly worked sculptures? If we're jumping into sculpture, this is a good place to start. So we're talking about the Renaissance, isn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose we're keeping people in suspense here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the artwork itself, although ancient in origin, was hugely influential on the Renaissance sculpture and artist Michelangelo. Wow. As an artwork, it keeps on giving, keeps on inspiring, and people have been curious about it for a very, very long time. Okay, we better put people out of their misery. It's called the Belvedere Torso, and that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a torso. It's a sculpture. It's part of the recasting Canova collection that everyone can see when they come into the gallery, just turn left, which I was at the launch of, and I was very, very impressed with what was done to the room and the collection itself. I had no idea such pieces of such importance existed in the gallery for so long. Yes, and I suppose you're quite correct. The Belvedere Torso is front and centre in that exhibition. But it is one of our Canova casts, which came to Cork in the autumn-winter of 1818. 
it stimulated the founding of an art school in Cork mm-hmm. at the start of 1819. Right. That art school remains in existence, although it has changed shape and form over time. So that's the CIT Crawford College of Art and Design. Yeah. And the art collection grew from those casts and is now the collection of the Crawford Art Gallery. So that's the beginning of the collection being put together. Canova casts. Who is Canova? So Canova himself is kind of almost an accidental visitor to our our big, long story today, in that he was a very, very famous and sought-after sculptor of the 18th and 19th centuries. So kind of like your A-list artist, if you will. And he was particularly the chief sculptor and a diplomat to Pope Pius VII, the Pope, in the early decades of the 19th century. And so the Belvedere Torso and the rest of the Canova cast take his name because he oversaw the creation of them in Rome. And then they were sent as a gift from the Pope, actually, to the Prince Regent in Britain. And then they were re-gifted to the people of Cork. That's the end of a story. How does our story begin? And who is the torso that we're looking at? Whose torso has been cast? Well, I feel like we're in like a Christopher Nolan movie now because we keep going back, back and yeah, backwards yeah, in time yeah. and I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> we're being art detectives, you know. I'm trying to find out the providence of all of this, the story. Where does it begin, yeah. you know? If we go back to the time of Michelangelo, before Canova's time, late 15th and into the 16th centuries, yeah. You would have Pope Julius II. So, if anyone remembers the agony and the ecstasy with Rex Harrison and <laughs> Charlton Heston, that will that will get you located. And essentially, torso was in the collection of the Vatican by then. We know that it was probably in Rome from the 1430s onwards. Wow. But before that, we don't really know at all. Yeah. But it's thought to date as a sculpture back to ancient Roman times. So we're talking 2,000 years. But we now think that it might actually be the marble sculpture that is in the Vatican collection. We think that might even be a Roman copy of a Greek sculpture that's older again. (laughs) So we might be looking at the original would have been carved maybe 2,200, 2,300 years ago. Okay. The Roman version, 2,000 years ago. And then, of course, our cast was made just over 200 years ago. And the other question I have for you, who is the subject? I'm holding, holding out on that bit of evidence. <laughs> so I suppose I'll describe it and then we'll get to who it is. Okay. So the torso itself, if you can imagine, it's a seated figure yeah. and a very, very muscular figure as well. So we have these large thighs and a, a torso that is sort of leaning slightly forward with a twisting motion. Yeah. All the muscles are kind of coming into play. But of course, as you said, it's only a torso. So there's no lower legs, there's no arms, and there's no head. Originally, it would have had them, but of course, time maybe has been the kindest to it, and it has lost those parts. And that's why it's so intriguing. Okay. The figure itself is seated on what seems to be an animal skin, and people think that it's either a lion or a panther. And so that's the clue to its identity. Ah. Some people think it's Hercules, (laughs) the great mythological hero, or others maybe think that it's Ajax, the warrior from the Trojan War and and Homer's Iliad. 
Anyway, we're still dealing with some sort of heroic figure. Would have been the subject material of great artists, either on painting or in sculpture. And this heroic figure has inspired works of art that can be seen in the Vatican today. Would, would I be right in saying that? You were, you're very correct. And, uh, and around the world as well. But I suppose yeah. if we come back, if we come back closer to our own time again, if we go to Michelangelo again, yeah. of course, he was a sculptor first. But Julius II wanted him to paint a great ceiling for the Sistine Chapel. And so in the Sistine Chapel ceiling, you'll see these figures of prophets and sibyls and they're seated and they have you know they're wearing clothing they have cloaks and togas and so on some have books resting on their thighs and so on but they essentially take the form of the torso so this has become a model for a great artist and then others have followed suit so even one of the very first students of the Cork School of Art back 200 years ago Samuel Ford he took this torso again, which he studied here in Cork, and reinvented it as another figure in one of his artworks. So it keeps on giving. It's almost like, you know, the portrait artist programme on television. Somebody has to sit down in a chair and not move or not twitch or possibly even fall asleep. This model doesn't move at all. He's been perfectly, literally set in stone for quite quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant way. It's the perfect model. <laughs> the perfect physique, but also it won't go anywhere. And, you know, people have been in Cork have sketched it for over 200 years. And to this day, they still do. So people are invited to sketch it with their eyes if they want to just come into the Recasting Canova collection, which is just on the left as you come into the Crawford and have a look for yourself. Have a look at this armless piece of art (laughs) that will do nothing but inspire you. Again, thanks, Michael. Thanks again for this week. Thanks a million, Connor. And would you believe it when the interrogation, sorry, the interview was over, we kept the tape running. Michael Waldron, the assistant curator... He let slip this juicy bit of evidence. <laughs> I forgot to say, actually, he had his fig leaf removed last year. Ah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is um, people were, you know, when they were watching, because we were doing it live, and when we were, people were watching the fig leaf coming off, and they were kind of wincing, kind of going, this is kind of, you know, torture. And we said, that's the least of his worry. <laughs> hey, if you don't believe me, you can see it for yourself. I'm lying at crawfordgallery.ie forward slash week. Some wike. 